This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, Gordon. Gordon. Yes, Larry. Yes, Larry. How we feeling? How we doing? Uh, I'm in a fighting mood. Yeah, well, I can understand why. <laughs> I'm tired of my guys getting hit, Gordon. And the fight didn't even get started by you. I know. Because I'm trying well, to bring people together like you. Well, I, you know, when I heard, I, I wasn't really focused that much on that game because, you know, I kind of got away from the Mets a little bit. Sure. And I so understand. I was, you know, running around doing other things. And I checked Twitter. Oh, there was a fight that broke out. I'm like, well, obviously the Mets got ticked off. And then I find out it was Aaron Ar- Arenado that starts the fight. I was like, wait yeah. a second, what's going on? So then I go back and watch the highlights of it. And the pitch wasn't really all that close. It kind of reminded me of that time when the Yankees were taking on the Red Sox years ago mm-hmm. and Clemens was pitching and there was just a pitch that was, you know, like relatively close to Manny Ramirez and he just all yeah. of a sudden starts flipping out. Uh-huh. Um, so, but uh, Arenado, boy, he's got some pass rush skills. He was able to move the he catcher does. out of the way with no issues whatsoever. He was ready to go. Yeah, he, he shed the blocker well. He did. <laughs> he did. Good hand, blocker, good, good, good hand uh, control there. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, Gordon, another hit batter. It's, it's and four of they them should be have sponsoring this at this point, right? And, if you can put ads on the jersey and ads on the bases, ads behind the plate, ads on the mound. I see hot. Keep telling you, uh, that would be the perfect one. I see hot. That would work. So uh, they lose the game, uh, but once again, win the series. And Gordon, you know me. I, I give me the series every time, and twice on Sunday. Give me a series. I'm good to go. Yeah, well, look, you know, even the Mets can't win them all. So, yeah, exactly. You, you win the series, you keep piling the wins up, you keep building this lead up, and and I get it. I mean, I think you're a, a realistic Met fan who yes. says, you know, it's April, it's early, mm-hmm. but you keep stacking these wins, you keep building that lead. At some point, even you, Larry, will mm-hmm. feel comfortable with a lead if it continues to grow. Uh, now, it's not going to be in April, it's not going to be no. in May because you've seen too many things, you've lived too long. It won't but, be in September either. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be, but at some point, if you just keep adding to the lead and adding to the lead, yes. uh, you'll start to feel a you'll you'll start to buy in. That's just how fandom works. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you, Mister Damer, oh, how about those Yankees right now? Those, huh? This is those, the, now. This is Yankee baseball when you play Baltimore. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it was kind of hard to identify who the actual Orioles were tonight because everybody yeah. was covered. Oh, my gosh. It's like. What was it, two it was degrees like, in the Bronx? Oh, my God. <laughs> my daughter had a track meet tonight, and I said, tonight's the night we got a track meet? It was freezing, Larry. It felt, they said it was 50, but it felt no like it was way. 30. Oh, my no goodness. Way. The winds were whipping. So She never ran so fast, did she? Oh, <laughs> we ran home faster than anything just to get back into the heat, so. But, yeah, it was definitely chilly. It was definitely cold. But, yeah, the first place all by themselves, New York Yankees. First time since August of 2020, the Yankees are in first wow. place in the American League East all by themselves. Didn't happen all of last year. And you know what? Your bullpen continues to pitch well, Gordon. You guys have you got some nice young arms coming out of that pen. And Michael King, I'm telling you, Gordon, he could be a closer somewhere. Yeah, they were having a conversation on the on the broadcast tonight, Kay and Coney, uh, about you know like if if Cone ran the team, do you move him to a starter? Do you move him to the closer eventually? I'll tell you, I, I keep him right where he is. He is yeah. so valuable yeah. coming in there where it's a two two game, and, and he's just going to hold him right there and strikeouts and movement with his stuff. So yeah, maybe down the road there is some other role for him. Maybe he does become a closer after this season if Chapman's contract is up and they don't bring him back, but. The Yankees have a way. They've always kind of had a knack for developing mm-hmm. relievers. And Michael King, boy, right now he has lights out. 
He has been the savior. And what he does so well, as you said, is hold them. And so you don't burn out your bullpen. He eats up innings, Gordon. He eats them up. What did he do, pitch three innings tonight? I mean, it's great. Yeah, he, he's been sensational so far this year. And with Loisaga not being uh, Loisaga so far, the fact that you can get another guy. I, I, I said this before. I'm, I don't remember if I said it on this show or on another show, but this is it really does feel like this is as deep pitching-wise the Yankees have been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Starters, relievers, I mean, they got a bunch of guys right now. And Montgomery did a nice job again tonight. He did, uh, he did give pitch. up a couple of runs, but um, went almost six. Another strong outing for him. He's pitching to a two seven ERA. I mean, th- th- can't get much better. Than- and then Clay Holmes comes in, and again, yeah. it's the Orioles tonight. But he's been he's been lights out all season pretty much as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff from the starters, from the relievers. Get some runs, and even Joey Gallo. Larry, Home run, baby. He's Home hot. Run. He's red hot now. That's it. Look out. The road to 50 home runs starts now. He's on a tear. He's on a tear. That's it. So, listen, tomorrow you go for the sweep. Yeah. The average is up to 161. So, we are. are, Look out. Look out, Ted Williams. For anybody else, you know. Yeah. So, take it what you can get. Judge some hits. Yep. Stanton, the big home run. Judgy. Judgy. G. G G got in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Riz had a hit tonight. Riz, doing good. DJ, everybody. Yep. Everybody but uh, Glaber. Yeah, Glaber had a little bit of a rough night. But, you know, Glaber's turned, uh, turned things around a little bit, so we'll, we'll has, give him a night. But you know what is surprising? He's real late on the fastball, Gordon. His his bat has That's really troublesome. slowed down. That is, that is troublesome. It's really Larry. slowed down. Yeah, because if you're not hitting the fastball, what are you hitting? I mean, oh, it's, I mean, right there, Gordon. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Oh, it was concerning. It was concerning. Speaking of concerning, that's where we started. The Mets with another hit batted led to a to a retaliation, which led to a uh, discussion about where you know the Mets might eat when Saint when they come back to St. Louis again, or when St. Louis comes to the Big Apple, where some nice restaurants. But Michael K on the Michael K show said, "You know what? The Mets have a right to be ticked off." I don't know. That's a grow up. That was not up and in. It was a pitch high. It was inside. It was not anywhere near his head. The Mets have been hit 19 times this year. The next closest teams, the Orioles, the Rockies, and the Padres have been hit 11 times. Right. It's ridiculous. They've been hit in the head a number of times. I mean, come on. At some point, even if it's not done on purpose, you got to control your pitches better. And the Mets have every right yeah. to be upset. And they should have been swinging today. And for Arenado to get mad after another Met got hit. I don't know if you guys saw the replay, it was not up and in. It was almost like when Manny Ramirez started a riot at Fenway Park when uh, Roger Clemens pitched upstairs and a little bit inside. He did not throw at his head, and Yoan Lopez did not throw at his head. The Cardinals should be ashamed. Well, Arenado, bottom line, Michael, he didn't like the pitch. Talk to me, Nolan. I think that's more the problem, yeah. That's the problem, Mike. I get it. I get what's going on in this series, and it's part of the game, but a little high. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how close it was. It just it felt high. It just felt close. It was just high. So there's a way to take care of that right? without somebody up high, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not saying he's trying to throw it up there. It's just the ball got away, but that's the problem with that stuff, you know. But listen, it's unfortunate. You know, people, you know, it's, it's part. It's an unfortunate part of the game, but it is part of the game. You know, and it's uh, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, they won the series. They played better baseball than us, and uh, 
It was good to come out with a win today, though. All right, Peter Alonzo. When he was asked about the incident, here's what he had to say. What have your general thoughts been about what you guys have dealt with this season and obviously it boiling over today? Yeah, I, I mean, getting domed up isn't isn't fun. It's obviously not safe. It's it's dangerous, and there's consequences, whether it's on purpose or not. And we're going to stand up for ourselves. And I'm totally for standing up. Uh, I'm not just for standing up for myself. I'm I'm totally for standing up for teammates. But kind of what happened today, it just didn't make sense. The ball wasn't even close. Um, and I mean, that's and then it, it's something got started for for no reason. It wasn't even close. I know it's a five-run ball game, but like we're we're trying to come back. It, to me, this the whole thing didn't even make sense. So, Gordon, there's two things at, at issue here, and it has sparked a big-time conversation. I was watching MLB Network today, and Al Leiter was there with a couple of other uh, analysts talking about what Major League Baseball's got to do with these baseballs, that there has to be some meeting of the minds, that pitchers, there's something to, that pitchers can use that's satisfactory, that hitters will find this satisfactory, and that obviously Major League Baseball will find this satisfactory to protect players because it is clear that the combination of pitchers trying to make the adjustment of life without whatever substance they were using, and the fact that a lot of pitchers, Gordon, just aren't that good and don't know where the ball is going anyway, has caused has caused this with the Mets partially and other teams where more people are getting hit. Yeah, and, and to me, Arenado's reaction is almost the reaction of a guilty conscience. Yes, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we we know we've been throwing at their guys. We know we've been hitting their guys. They're going to throw at us at some point. Then as soon as something even comes remotely close, which really wasn't an intended, uh, you know, anywhere close, but it, it seemed that way to him, there's this big overreaction right away. So to me, uh, you know, on MLB Network, they have a little uh, thing that they do with Brian Kenny. Was, was somebody up to no good? It feels like the Cardinals were up to no good there. So... Uh, I think that that's why the reaction was what it was. But, look, I mean, baseball's known about this for a while, and it was all well and good. You know, it, it feels like when the, the sticky stuff, they cracked down on that, and all the – it seemed like glee that people took. Oh, Garrett Cole, he's not going to have the sticky stuff anymore. He's not going to have the – he's not going to be able to use that stuff. Is he going to be the same guy? All this different stuff. And now people are realizing, well, you know, the reason why guys were using that stuff was so that they could kind of control the baseball. And one of the offshoots of that, not so much that they would hit them. They're trying to control the pitch as much as they can. But, yeah, that's one of the offshoots of it. Guys are not going to be able to control the pitch. So if they're coming up and in, it might be a little upper and inner. Yeah, exactly. Which could cost you your career. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the the, the amount of guys the Mets have gotten hit in the head already. I mean, it's kind of surprising they haven't lost somebody for a period of time. It is. And... You know what else is kind of surprising, Gordon? That they have that this they have, this is the first time they've really kind of retaliated. Yeah, well, I didn't Buck do something a, a couple of weeks ago. Buck I mean, it's said, been yeah, so regular that, yeah. that, that that people kind of came out of the dugout. There was no fisticuffs, but right, yeah, right. I mean, at some point you're going to have this type of stuff go on, and then yeah, they, you, you know, then baseball. Oh well, we can't have this. Well, you guys kind of brought it on yourselves. <laughs> exactly. Do something. Well, exactly. How about that? Do something. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, Peter Alonzo, one more from him, Gordon. He says, you know what? The bottom line is it's just happening too often to us, and we're kind of tired of it. We've been hit a lot more than everybody else. And also, like, yeah, I got hit in the head, and then J.D. had to come out today from another hit by pitch. I mean, it's – I mean, it's – balls are coming in. 
97, 98, 100 miles an hour. And I, I wish that anyone else that on the outside that doesn't understand, I wish you could understand what it's like between the lines when you see that ball coming in at you that fast. You just don't understand until you stand in the box. Yeah, I know what he's saying, Gordon. <laughs> there's a chill that goes through your – not that I've played, but there's a chill that's got to go through your body because it's in the back of your mind. You've So many people have been hit. You're like, okay, is this the time that I'm really going to get hurt? Especially Alonzo. He's got to have been hit in the head like two, three times. Yeah. I mean, he's leading the team in it, and it's a team that gets hit every day. So, yeah, it's it's not a great situation, and, and, and this is the type of thing. And I don't think that anybody is necessarily doing it intentionally, but if you're if there are pitchers on the whole having more trouble controlling the ball, more guys are going to get hit, and, and just by just running the numbers, one team is going to get hit probably and, and lead the league in that. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's bad intentions, but right, – right. The Mets are unfortunately the the team that uh, is the one that's leading the way. They're getting they're, they're beamed at the clubhouse right now, Gordon. That's where they are. They're leading at the clubhouse, and you know, listen. There's fortunately, like you said, no injuries, and they're still playing winning baseball, still winning series. That's the important thing. Well, Gordon, it's time to go to Yankee Stadium. Let's do time it. Time to head to the ballpark. We begin with the guy who got the Yankees off to a great start offensively. He is Giancarlo Sten, and he did it with a home run, which was the 350th of his career. He's uh, kind of happy about that. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's uh, when I uh, began this journey, I didn't know really what to expect or where I'd be or how long I'd be around. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool feat, and... Um, help us get a win and keep keep it pushing. They're jamming in the Yankee clubhouse tonight, oh, huh? First place New York Yankees wow. getting the smoke machine out. They're partying. Yeah, a little, boat, little, little, little strobe light action up there. They're Absolutely. just having the ball. They're having the ball. Gordon, can he get to 500 home runs? Well, he'll be healthy enough yeah, to get to 500. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to get to 500. Wow. Mm. It's a lot, you know, that's still yeah. it's a good number away. 150. Yeah. 150. Yeah, if he, hit, he he would need especially really, with uh, these new baseballs. I mean, yeah, he hits well, them you know. when he hits them, they count. But you need a couple of freebies every once in a while to get up there, right? <laughs> yes, you do. This is for sure. Uh, let's hear from Aaron Boone. We've got two from him. One I will do. One Gordon will do. So now that the Yankees have put together a nice little streak, the Yankee manager was asked after the game, "The way you guys are playing right now." Is this kind of the way you wanted to have started the season? You know, timely hits, great pitching, uh, good defense. Is this the way you want it to start in April? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just know we're, you know, regardless, we're obviously we, we want to rack up as many wins as we possibly can, right? That's what we're, we're shooting for every day, you know, shake hands at the end of the day. But, you know, it's, it's also really – really focused group that um you know has a lot to prove and you know I, I feel like our focus is in all the right places um of getting ready to play a game each and every night and i feel like we're doing that in a lot of aspects you know whether it's the pitching the defense the base running offensively i feel like um Guys are when when game time rolls around, we're ready to play the game, and uh, and it's good to see that we're getting results um, because of it. 
Gordon, so the inter the interesting question for me to you as a Yankee fan is this. Why can't the Yankees just start? Why do they have these 10-game lapses before they get rolling with Aaron Boone? What is he not doing, even though they, even though they shorten spring training, that they come out so flat? Yeah, not sure. Not sure. Uh, maybe you guys just kind of – there's always pressure on the Yankees to do certain things, so maybe that pressure impacts certain guys in a way early on in the season. Maybe it's just the flukiness of baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to have a bad stretch, I guess I'd rather have it right out yeah. of the gate and then get moving mm -hmm. than have it happen in August or September, even though it is more glaring when it's the first couple of weeks of the season. So, yeah, I don't know why. Usually in the past, it always seems like it's it's a multitude of things. Like one night it's one thing, one night it's another. This year it's been primarily the offense, but now that's getting moving. So if they can put even a, 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 an above-average offense with the way they've been pitching – then they're in good shape, man. It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. It's time for Answers with Aaron. All right, Gordon. This is a very simple one. Okay. Oh, this is, you're setting me up now. This is no, the no, pressure. The pressure is no, on. No, 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 no. This is like I an Ephus pitch. No, no, no. You'll do great. Aaron Boone was asked, what do you like about Michael King's arsenal as a bullpen weapon? What do you like about Michael King's arsenal as a bullpen weapon? Well, what's not to like? You know, Kinger, he comes in, he throws strikes right away. The ball is moving all over the plate. He's been a real weapon for us here. And, and we know what kind of ability he has had. And we've seen some flashes of that in the past. But this year, it's all clicking right now. And he has been uh, a major go-to guy where the other team's swing decisions are not very good. Aaron Boone, what do you like about Michael King's arsenal as a bullpen weapon? Um, you know, his strike throwing's been really good. Um, and and he's got he's got the weapons, you know, so when he's attacking the zones, he he can, you know, he's gotten real he's gotten a lot better at being able to neutralize lefties as well, you know. I mean, obviously he's got a built-in advantage with that good heavy two-seamer where he's going to be tough against righties with that and the slider but you know the four seams become a real weapon for him he'll mix in the changeup, so he's got a full arsenal that he can attack with and I just think you know he, he just continues to improve as in the strike throwing department and and that's probably just a result of experience and being more and more sound and comfortable in his delivery um, and you know and you know, yeah, I'm not saying I, anything else. <laughs> well, I don't think I nailed it tonight. I think that well, you know that might have been technical. a strikeout tonight. That was yeah. not that was not really up to my standards. I got to no, be honest. No, it wasn't. But but to be honest, but to be fair to you, we didn't expect that he was going to go so technical. Yeah, that was a very – you know, he actually gave you an answer there. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, answers with Aaron came about because the guy would never say anything. He would just kind of say the same things, the happy platitudes. <laughs> that he gave you an actual answer about why he's better. We wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no. No, normally he saves that for the K-Show, not, not yeah. for post-game. You know, I guess he'll be on the K-Show Friday, Gordon, right? The day game tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow he is on along with uh, Mike T, Mike Tannenbaum. Oh, okay. A little now, baseball, little football. Or, or, well, they have a day game, don't they? Maybe he'll do Friday, no? Uh, I saw a sheet. I think it's tomorrow that okay. Boone is on. All right, cool. All right, very good. Maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I was just curious. All right. Last one from uh, Yankee Stadium. This is not Gordon. This is not about Michael King, not about Giancarlo Stanton, not about Judgey, not about Riz. Riz. 
This is about Joey freaking Gallo. Yeah. Home run again tonight. Here's what he had to say. Thanks a lot, guys. Joey, we've seen some really good results and swings over these last four games, including home ring tonight as well as last night. What have you liked about these last few days of the plate for yourself? Just get, getting some results there. I mean, uh, no, I think we've, uh, as a team, swung it really well the last few days. So I think that's a, that's a good sign, and uh, hopefully we can keep that going. When you were going through those early struggles, how did you navigate that? Keep playing. All right, Joey. The offense, you mentioned you liked the bats over the last few days. How about the vibe of the team? Five straight wins, seven of eight. What stood out about the way you guys are playing? Yeah, I mean, we got a great, great chemistry. I mean, it really feels like a family. Everybody cares about each other a lot. And, uh, you know, I think uh, just one of the best clubhouses I've been in a long time. A lot of veterans and stuff. So uh, it's an exciting team to be a part of. And uh, you know, hopefully we can keep doing what we're doing. All right. Congrats on the win tonight, Joey. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's Ryan Rucco. Thank you, yes, for allowing us to uh, share that interview with you. Gordon, th for one second, and you'll, 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 I want you to have some comments as well, okay? Mm. Uh, for journalism, journalism students, what Ryan Rucco did there is outstanding. He expected the long answer. He got the short answer. He didn't let it throw him. He paused for a second and went right to the next question. Gordon, absolutely. that's how you do it. That's, that's you absolutely. Do it. I mean, look, I mean. I, we don't need to talk about how great Ryan Rucco is. So, no, yeah, no, I mean, he not. knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how you do it. Because every once in a while, you right. will get that. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, you will. And, and it'll throw you, right? You, yes. you you go into things sometimes expecting, oh, it's going to go like this, and then he's going to say this, and, and you have to be ready for that curveball. Yeah, and he, and he threw up a slider, a backdoor <laughs> slider. He, yeah, and that's curve. unfair by Joey because Joey doesn't do too well on those. You would think that he would not be throwing them to other people. Exactly. I mean, and it wasn't a bad question. How did you survive it? Keep playing. And all right, thank you very much. All right, Joey. Thank you for playing. <laughs> <laughs> we have beautiful, we have beautiful Party gifts for you over here, yeah. <laughs> all right, so that's how it goes. So journalism students, that's why you always have to be prepared. You always have to have a question in your pocket just in case. Just in case you get one of those answers. Or, Gordon, you go to a player who's had a bad night <laughs> and you gotta ask him. I had I I had one one time there was uh oh I can't his last name was um oh I can't think of the player's name now, Gordon. But when he hit this is back in the nineties. Jeffrey Leonard. He used to Oh yeah, he, Jeffrey Leonard. He hit the sure. home run, he had one one arm down. Mm -hmm. He always had one arm. He raised one hand and had one arm down. And he wasn't talking to the media. And so it's a bunch of us radio guys there. We, you know, it's a game-winning home run. Gordon, we got to talk to him. And so everybody says to me, we're relying on you. <laughs> <laughs> the big guy, right? We're standing behind you. All you have to do is get him to say something. And we'll, we, we're not going to leave you hanging. We'll say something, but he because he looked like he didn't. He want was to talk a scary. To he looked like a, he was an intimidating dude. Yeah, Jeff he didn't Leonard. want to talk to anybody. Uh -huh. So here I go, Gord, with my you know, you know, not not what was the pitch because you know the standard lines that people ask. What was the pitch? Stuff like that. So you know, I asked him something out of the ordinary. He started laughing and whatnot. Then before I knew it, I couldn't get another question in, and it took yeah. over. They took over. I couldn't get another question in. Gordon, there's like five, six outrageous. Questions. I mean, I built you guys out, and now I can't get. A, I can't talk to him. What? Well, how is that fair? Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm gonna have to write a book one day, Gordon. Yeah, you buttered him up, and then they just they came in and they stole the toast. They stole him. 
It's stolen from me. But I had the but I had the first good answer though, so I have that in solace. And usually those are the the the, the first one is the best one. Yeah, because afterwards it usually times. goes downhill. Right. <laughs> yeah. Quickly. Yeah, especially the guy who doesn't like talking. He can run. If you catch him on the right night, he wants to say something. That's great. But they might yep. get. Uh, you know what? There's a reason why I don't like doing this. And all of a sudden they clam right up. <laughs> And you can't talk to him for the rest of the homestead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. When we return, the Sopranos challenge continues. Plus, the producers tell me that Gordon Damer has something up his sleeve. We'll find out all of that next on 9870. <laughs> Mr. Damer. Yeah, I think it's back to you, my friend. Is it me? Yeah, I think it is you again. Because Will went. Ty, he put up that pathetic effort last night. <laughs> he didn't. It wasn't pathetic. No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. No. It wasn't bad. It was, nice. it was a nice attempt. Yes. So, Gordon, I think that I'm going to – we've had a number of folks reach out to us on Twitter. Okay. To have I've not seen this. Well, a couple of them reached out last night. Okay. And a, and the person also called and suggested that we use this. Oh, that's true. You know. So I'm going to use it, but I'm going to be a bit more specific with it. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say championship weekend NFL. Okay. NFL. Championship weekend. Championship weekend. I think that'll fit. Let's see. Weekend. Yes, with one character to spare, Larry. Okay, good. You know, when everybody was bringing up the, the three letters that we can't use, I just thought they were talking about NFL, but uh, <laughs> you went more specific, so that's good. Yeah, I did. NFL I be, yeah. Championship Weekend. Right. Day nine. Yes. Dun, dun, let's, dun, see, dun. let's see if the, the Sopranos maniacs okay, let's see. can get, get by with this one. And, and It is up and is running. Yes, and I have re, uh, retweeted it. And um, when we join folks again, which will be Monday, because we step away to have the draft coverage tomorrow. Right. Uh, I will explain to you why I went specific. Okay. But I don't want to do that now because it may take away. Yeah. No, you don't want to. You don't want to. I don't want to point it in one direction no, or no, 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 sabotage no, no. yourself no, 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 or anything no, no. like but that. I, Just, I will explain to you. Later. I got it. Yeah, it's like I'll a birthday you. wish. You got to keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it won't come true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's what we got here. All right, Gordon, so I hear you got some surprises. What you got, my friend? All right, well, two things. You want you want yeah. football or you want Larry Hardesty? Which one do you want first? Oh, I'm selfish. I'll take me. Okay. I'm talking today with a young broadcaster mm-hmm. from Montclair State, a kid by the name of Jack Bartek. Just mm-hmm. getting started his career. He's set to graduate. Oh, nice. So he, he was, you know, he got hooked up, and um, he was asking me, you know, career advice, you know, start now, blah, 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 this and that. Look at you, bringing people together. I, that's what I do, together. Larry. That's all I'm about. So I said, you know, I said, well, you know, I work in the morning. I work at night with Larry Hardesty, and his eyes light up. Because Jack Bartak, many moons ago, went to a, a, I don't know if it was a retreat, uh, but something by the name of Friends and Cool Kids. Does Heroes and Cool Kids. Heroes and Cool Heroes Kids. And I, cool I misremember. Kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Heroes and Cool Kids. And he yes. said that at one time... He was at Heroes and Cool Kids, and who did he run into but a younger Larry Hardesty who, who took the time to talk to him about broadcasting and all mm-hmm. these different things, and that still resonates with him today. So 
Look at you touching young lives and impacting people. Well, you know, it's what I do, Gordon. Hey, you know, it's he, he, he it's something he still remembers, so that was awesome. I thought that, that was fantastic. That was it great. just shows you how, you know, for people that don't know Larry, he is a, as, a good as, as good as he seems, as good as advertised, as they say. So that was the first thing that I saw, and I got I a kick out of that, that today. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, uh, NFL. The yes. guy who had the most accurate mock draft last year is a guy by the name of Josh Norris. Hmm. I think he got 16 picks right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's the most accurate of all time, but it's, it's, it's right up there. And it was the most accurate one last year. So he has now put – I mean, now the pressure's on this guy, right? Like he comes up last year, so now everybody's waiting to see what this guy's mock draft is this year. He has the Jets – getting Aiden Hutchinson at number four. Really? Yeah, he has uh, Trayvon Walker going one, as everybody mm-hmm. expects, but Kayvon Thibodeau going two to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Derek Stingley, which I mentioned last night, there's a lot of talk that the Texans are going to take him at three, mm-hmm. and that the guy who just a couple of days ago and throughout the entire draft process, everyone said was going to be the number one pick, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson would drop to the Jets at four. Huh. What do you think about that? Well, I'd love to get a pass rusher. You know, Mm -hmm. the thing about Hutchinson is, and this is one of these questions that I would have for a GM, especially in a year where it doesn't seem like there's that many great prospects. Mm -hmm. Do Mm -hmm. you target what the safe pick is that you know that this guy's going to be good, but he might not be great? Mm-hmm. Or do you swing for the fences and say, you know what, I want to get the best player in this draft, and if there's a bigger bust factor, I'll live with that. With Hutchinson, it seems like he's a safe pick, that he will be good, but maybe not great. Maybe a few years from now, the kid Johnson might be better. Maybe Thibodeau will be better. But he seems like he's a very safe pick. So I don't know. I don't know how Jet fans would feel about that. I'm sure on draft night, the fact that he was supposed to be number one and the Jets get him, they'd love that. But when the careers actually begin... Who knows how that might play out. But it seems like he would definitely be a safe pick. He's not going to be a bust like uh, Mr. Golston a few years ago. For me, at four, I'm swinging for the fences, Gordon. I want a guy that's worthy of the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. I want a guy that Buddha mentioned it. You were the first one to mention him. This kid from Florida State is rising, Gordon. I'm oh, telling yeah. you. I'm yeah. telling you. And if I'm the Jets and he's there at four, I'm taking him. I, I want to see what he brings to the table. I want If he's coachable... And, and I get Robert Sala in there with his defensive mind and what he could do and, and how he is, you know, motivating young guys and stuff like that. He could take him to the next level, Gordon. If I'm if I'm the Jets, that's where I'm thinking. I'm, I'm swinging for the fence. It's the fourth pick, Gordon. Yeah, I, it's, I, it is listen, important, right? Absolutely. I, I've already had this. I, I swung. Listen, Sam Darnold? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. I, I, I got to go. And listen, Jamal Adams wasn't bad. Jamal Adams was a good pick. The problem was the position he played. Right. <laughs> you not going to impact you as much. High. Yeah, you know, he's great, but he's not going to impact that much, which means you're not going to pay him that much. You know, you're just not. So in this situation, um, you know, and besides, that was the draft that Deshaun Watson was there, and I kept telling him on the radio. I was oh. yelling at them, take Deshaun Watson. Take Deshaun Watson. They wouldn't listen to me. Gordon, they wouldn't listen to me. Although, you know, the way things are now, maybe. Right. You know, you know, you know yeah, maybe yeah. it worked out for the best, right? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. You know, but that's what I would do. Speaking of, but I tell you what, I have another mock draft. Another mock draft came out today, Gordon. <laughs> we got to get him while you, get, get him while you can, right? Get him while you can. But before that, Rich Samini was on the Michael K show today. So they asked him 
What will the Jets do at four and ten? Here's what Samini said. I think Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati, is a very likely possibility at four. He would be my guy in my current mock draft. I think that would be a need, of course. The Jets really need a corner, especially in the AFC East now. you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Stephon Diggs. You need to be strong on the back end. The Jets were not strong last year, to be kind about it. I think it could be a choice between Sauce and Iki Aquanu, the tackle between North Carolina State. The Jets love him. Joe Douglas is really high on him. But I think if it came out to be a choice between those two, I think they would lean toward Gardner. And then at 10, assuming no Debo, I think wide receiver is definitely a possibility there. A guy like Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Drake London. And also keep an eye on Jermaine Johnson. He's the edge rusher from Florida State. I don't think the Jets would take him at four, according to the people I've been talking to, but I think he would be very much a factor at 10. All right. So, huh. So that so there's a possibility that the Jets could go all defense with the first two picks. Their first well, look, their defense the was round. terrible last year, so that is a possibility. You know, the, the the thing that throws the whole monkey wrench in the whole thing is mm-hmm. the fact that left tackle now, it seems like, is just such an issue, right? Like, Mekhi yeah. Becton, it seems like the team is kind of done with him. He's not a, he wasn't there at the voluntary stuff, uh, and it just seems like that whole relationship. And the guy has not really played that much. No, he hasn't. No, and it seems like his body type is just going to be something that is not going to allow him to stay on the field, and they're not really happy with uh, the other things that he's done to get back on the field. So that's the that's the real fly in the ointment here is that it would be it would make sense to to look pass rusher wide receiver, but are you really going to let a left tackle go by when you might have you know like however this is going to break down if you take a pass rusher you're not going to probably get the number one guy because the mm-hmm. number, you know, the first couple are going to be. If you go cornerback, you're probably not going to get the number one guy there. If you take a left tackle, you can get your choice. You can mm-hmm. get the number one guy in that area, and it is an area of need. I'd be surprised if they went cornerback at four, it would be, just based on just listening to, to certain people that it seemed like they're kind of got a good feel for where the Jets are looking. So it doesn't really seem like that that's an area that they would go, even though it's a need, because it doesn't really seem like Robert Salas' system really values cornerbacks all that greatly. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned Makai Becton, Samini on the Michael K. Show was asked, will the Jets move on from their left tackle? I think Joe Douglas really wants to keep him and make it work. He drafted Makai. It was his first draft pick two years ago. It was 11th overall. So we're not talking about a a bottom of the first round player. 11th pick overall. I don't think the coaching staff has fully embraced Makai. You know, they inherited him. He gets hurt last year. He was out of shape in training camp last year. Once he got hurt, you know, he ballooned up to 400 pounds, I was told. Wow. So I don't think the coaching staff has embraced him. And so will they trade him over the next few days? I think it's unlikely. I mean, the NFL, you never say never because anybody can get traded at pretty much any minute. But I I really think they want to try to see if they can make it work with Makai. Yeah, you would like to try to make it work, Gordon. But here's here's the reality. In his first year, he had to come out of some games because he had issues. He had trouble staying on the field. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously – you know, he wasn't he wasn't listening to whoever was whoever was the dietitian on the Jets. He wasn't listening to them. No, because he clearly had issues and then not being able to work out. And, and you know, it, it's funny. Isn't it funny, Gordon, how so many ex 
some ex-football players, when you see them after they stop playing, you're like, where's the rest of you? Yeah. And then there's other football players, when you see them after they stop playing, you're like, oh, my God, you're bigger than when you played. And it's funny because what happens, you can eat that extra food because you're you're working out. You're in shape yeah. all the time. You know, right. you're, you're burning, burning those it calories. Off. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And when you're not, you know, and some guys are just like, Ooh, thank goodness I can get off that. I don't have to, I'm not eating like that anymore. I don't, you know, so I, since I know I'm not gonna, not gonna work out like that anymore, I can't eat like that. And so they changed their whole dietary situation. This is a, this is going to be interesting scenario for them. I guarantee you, Gordon, there will be an old lineman taken by the Jets if they're not doing it in the first round, they're definitely going to do something in the second round. They definitely are. They definitely are. Yeah, it just seems like that's such a question mark. And I know. that has been such an area since Joe Douglas got here, fixing mm-hmm. the offensive line. He was an offensive lineman. Yeah. It just seems like such a match. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, it does seem like it's going to be an unpredictable draft, even twenty four less than 24 hours away. We're still mm-hmm. kind of guessing what teams are going to do. Yes. And uh, I'll say this. Joe Douglas, whatever he does, he better, better nail work. it, man. It better, it work. Work. It better it's, work. The only rule is it's got to work. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.